The southeast corner of our barn looks really funny, but we think we're on the right track with our garlic this year. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of May 23rd, 2013. When you say that um, our underneath the barn looks funny, it's because we have a veritable wall of garlic hanging there. It's not what you're used to seeing. Uh, but we needed to have some place to cure it. But anyway, the subject of our podcast today is going to be about harvesting vamp- uh, vampire proofing. I guess we could call it that, um, harvesting garlic and onion. Um, and of course, some of it's still on the ground out in Veg Hill. But we've uh, there's one variety of garlic that we've completely harvested. And we'll focus on that to begin with. And we all know that garlic does keep us safe from vampires. And for this, we are grateful. <laughs> Uh, But it also is said to protect you from mosquitoes and ticks. Um, That would be good to have around. Yeah. Um, Apparently, in order to be protected from mosquitoes on Tuesday, you've got to eat garlic on Tuesday. It's not like it, you know, a a little bit each week is enough. You, You pretty much have to eat it all the time. So. I'm not sure we'll eat enough for it to make that much of a difference, but it is interesting to think about. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we should give Audie some garlic to keep maybe the ticks so. away. <laughs> if, if what I understand is that um, there is a, a substance in garlic that is toxic to mosquitoes, and they know it's toxic and will avoid it. So, well, that would make me think uh, more about having garlic at every meal or at least once a day. Uh, but let's talk about the garlic yeah. for a when moment. When did you plant it? Let's mm-hmm. talk about that first. Planted it last November, uh, right on schedule. And, and we filled up bed number nine. As you know, each of our beds is 16 feet long by four feet wide. So we had, uh, we figure about 120 garlic planted. Right. And half of them are still out there because one of the varieties, um, which is an Italian garlic, supposed to be a little stronger than the silver skin, but the Italian was maturing faster and it was larger. The um, I think the uh, silver skin will not be far behind, but in terms of the signs you look for uh, when to harvest, the um, Italian was displaying all those signs. They and the were, signs are, are um, about a third of the plant yellowing from the you know at the bottom, the bottom third, and. <clears throat> The majority of the uh, fronds had begun to turn brown and yellow, you know, just showing signs that they're dying. Okay, I'm confused. You said a third. The lower third of the plant in terms of height. So, you know, it's you can see it beginning to yellow down there. And then, and it's not, I'm not that precise with it. I just basically went out there and looked at it. Uh, to look for that, but I know that um, you're supposed to have at least five to six uh, strands or fronds that still look green mixed in with the brown. Okay. So you don't want to wait till everything's, you know, brown. It's because too late. Because by then it's too late, yeah. and your bulb is beginning to rot. We I had, guess. yeah, I had. In fact, it would have been nice if it were drier. 
because you're supposed to hold wa- withhold water from them for about a week before harvesting. Well, it rained. So we, we did turn the irrigation water off, but it rained and, you know, just enough that when I harvested them, they were damp. But, um, but anyway, that couldn't be helped. So, um, but ideally, you know, they would be um, drier there. Um, and of course, just the sheer size of some of those bulbs, I had a couple of them that were beginning to split. Um, so I just knew, you know, it was time. And it, because of the, lately it's gotten hot, and that's usually what makes you need to harvest it faster. Just um, a quick note about spacing. I thought you could pack them in a little tighter, but you're confident, and I don't. I think your confidence is unshaken that you did not um, space them too far apart. No, they no. really needed to get some ventilation between them. They need ventilation, and they did get large. So you know, yeah. even because when you think of the size of those tiny little. Um, cloves as I put them in and then the size they grew to, I'm thinking, yeah, they, you know, stick with the instructions. How large were they when you planted them? Well, you know, a tr- varying sizes because, you know, when you take a garlic apart and you have the various yeah. little cloves. You're talking, you, you, built, you planted a clove. Per garlic plant. All right. Yeah. And some of them and, were, and, and the instructions told me, you know, the larger, the better. You know, if, yeah. you, if you got... If you're breaking apart a garlic bud and you've got these various cloves, um, a larger one is probably going to produce a, a more healthy, you know, larger plant. And uh, you know, I have no way of knowing. Yeah. Looking at it, but we, um, you can do the math about how our spacing was. We planted on three rows because we have three lines of drip tape in each bed, and Obviously, the garlic did not need to be irrigated most of the time it was growing because it was in the winter, and we always get plenty of rain in the winter. Especially last year, we did. We had lots. Yeah. So, but it did get a little bit of irrigation um, here in the spring, and I guess a little in the fall before the winter rain set in. Oh, yes, yes. They they were, you know, you do, yeah. like anything you plant, you've got to keep it moist until it germinates and gets going. And But they took right off. And and one thing just to note that they don't, the tops don't flop over like an onion. And we'll talk about the onions in a few minutes, but they don't, so if you're waiting for the garlic fronds to fall over to the, onto the ground. They don't. That's, no, not, I mean, they'll begin to separate out and look a little straggly and a few of them they'll they'll fall out some but that the, the dramatic way that an onion does um you know it's ready when the the top the fronds it fall says, over i'm done i'm done then you pull that up um so it's a little different in that respect but as i said i planted two different types of garlic and um so we're just waiting to see what happens with the silver skin and i suspect it will not be far behind all right um, and we think we've got room, although I suppose there's a real possibility we will have cured the Italian completely by the time we're ready to pull the silver skin, which would be handy. Right. You're supposed to let it cure from two to three weeks. I'll usually go with the three-week um, before eating it, uh-huh. um, and and I'll be ready to start using some of it after that. Um, and then storage, of course, is a challenge because ideally the temperatures are know 70 degrees or something like that. it shouldn't get real hot yeah um, and we'll get to that in a moment yeah so. but and we don't really have 
a good place other than maybe up at the lodge where we can be confident it's going to be in that range. Um, but on the other hand, you need a well-ventilated spot. So, you know, wh where that garlic's going to move to later, I'm not sure. We do, I do keep a couple of um, those garlic containers. Okay. Well, you've, you're determined to, to go ahead okay. and talk about storing it now. Yeah. Um, we have the root cellar, of course, and we're hopeful we can make it work to store the garlic in the root cellar after it's cured. We just hope there's enough ventilation through there. I'm not worried about the ventilation once it's cured. Okay. Uh, it's during this curing process that I was telling you that's too much gas for me to exhaust. That's probably true, and it would it would smell very strong. But also, what we're noticing is that it's nice and ventilated and drying out well, which is yeah. what you want. At so this we're stage. all backwards now. But let's first talk about how we're curing it this year. Well. What I wanted to do was to talk about our experience last year where we pulled it and we didn't do a good job of curing it. All right, it go last ahead and talk year. about that then because we um, didn't. You're right. That's it was a problem. We we um pulled it and then we hung it up in bunches in the shop and then we had uh Adrian and Eli come here and then we had my accident and the long and short of it is we left it hanging in the shop way too long. And by the time we pulled it down, it was basically gone. It was rotten. It was yeah, disintegrated. It was, and we probably talked about this on the podcast some, that we salvaged some of it, but I would say probably no more than a third. And it just hurt my heart to put all that in the compost, but yeah. that was about all it was good for. So this year, we're taking a different approach. We're trying to cure it in the open air so that it never gets that hot. Yes, I mean, it'll get up to 90 degrees, but um, here this time of year, that's about as hot as it gets. And it's all under cover, so it's not getting direct sun it shining a, on it. It gets a little bit of morning it gets sun. It's a little morning it. sun, but not much. Are you having and, it? And we could have actually moved that storage that rope where you have it hanging closer in so that it didn't get any sun at all but then it interferes with where we want to park the truck exactly so uh you know we just we have our standards after yes all. we don't want to have to park our truck not undercover so so that was an issue um now once you have finished curing let's say the the italian which is it's up on the uh, in the barn now once we finished curing it our expectation is we will cut the fronds off, right? Yes, yes. And we will just store the bulbs in some kind of open container so they can continue to breathe. Mm -hmm. But it's at that point that I feel comfortable putting them in the root cellar after okay. they've had a chance to well, cure good. Good. And And probably the more, one place that I read, the more they're spread out, the better. Not touching, not, or not, well, they can be touching, but not... Um, you know, a a big jar full so much as okay. a little bit more of a shelf or something like that. So okay. um, I'll have to play with that. And, you know, we want to make sure it's protected from, I don't know that there are any critters in there, but anything that might want to disturb them. Um, and one thing we, we didn't talk about when you said we're hanging it, um, in case you wonder how we're hanging it, uh, this is all soft neck garlic. Uh, that means it's, uh, well, a certain type. It actually stores longer than some of the other 
like elephant garlics and that kind of thing. Uh, but the other thing I like about soft neck garlic is they have those soft, long necks that you can braid. And uh, so I, that's one way you can hang them up. You braid the tops together. I take three garlic, braid it, tie a string around it to hold the braid in place, and then use that to, to hang it up by. And, and people who are a lot uh, better at crafts and that kind of thing than I am um, can actually do a beautiful job with those and make it the kind of braid you simply you can hang in your kitchen. I've seen some gorgeous yeah. ones where the, a lot of garlics are braided together with uh, multiple bulbs sticking out and decorated with baby's breath and lavender and so it makes beautiful gifts and maybe someday I'll do that probably not but right now well <laughs> as soon as Adrian can help me she's she's good at this kind of thing so maybe one of these days she and I'll get going on that but for now I use the braids in a very utilitarian fashion just to, to like you said to have a way to to hang them up while they're curing well I learned something this year um, in fact I learned it after I'd already tried to deal with about half the garlic, and that is that I was braiding them upside down. I put the bulbs down toward me and was braiding, and I've never been good at braiding hair. I never did learn to do a French braid. Adrienne only had French braids because she learned to do it herself. Um, so I'm admitting how bad I am at that. Uh, but about halfway through this year, I said, you know, if I simply turn them upside down and braid them toward me like you would if you were braiding somebody's hair. And actually, I can do that, a simple braid. Um, so it was much better. <laughs> and I think you got better results too, didn't you? Oh, yes. They hang together better. Um, it was quicker. So, duh. You know, yeah. I don't know why I was fixated on that. But anyway, that's something I'll continue to do. And, and I actually can make the braids look pretty good that way. And we have no idea whether this is too much garlic, not enough. Uh, we're just going to have to go through the year and see how fast we use it up. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing we we know that last year when we had a lower level crop um, because of, or we lost so much of it, we ended up, we use a lot of garlic powder when we're cooking, that kind of thing. When if we had, if we were teeming with garlic, which is what I hope this year we will be, um, then we could use our own fresh garlic in a lot of dishes. And that is our expectation, yeah, that we'll yeah. use more fresh garlic. And it's probably one of those things where we'll use whatever we have, and the more we have, the more we would use. So yeah. um, we, we certainly hope that this year we will have a good bit more to work with than we did the year before. Yeah. Um, um, th and the other thing we should talk about then before we leave today is onion. Yes. Because that was the other, uh, those onions were, this is the first year that I've, and I've planted onions for the past three years. The first year I've actually had big onion bulbs that look like a normal onion that you buy in the store. You know what I'm saying? Nice and maybe four inches across. Some of them are five inches big across. Big suckers. Yeah. Uh, no, they're not all that big, but, um, and I think the secret was planting them earlier. I went to Farmer's Feed in Wetumpka, which is where I buy my onion sets almost every year. They have good quality. And um, Terry, who works there, usually knows when the guy was there. Oh, he, can, In fact, he does. He can tell me. He came last Saturday and brought these Vidalia onions, et cetera, these sets. And um, this year, I went in in the fall this past year, in 2012, saw them there. And Terry said that the Vidalia onion delivery guy, or maybe he was the guy who grew them, um, brought them in and said, you know, you're missing a bet not to plant them 
earlier. You should plant these in the fall. Most of you guys around here are waiting till January, which is what I had been doing. Most of the calendars tell you that. Well, I did it too. I planted mine in the fall, and it they they had more time for that those roots to. Yeah, there's a set good in. bit of root growth that occurs even in the cold weather. Mm-hmm. So it allows them to make the most of the spring sunshine. Yeah, it's not that they grew that much over the winter; they stayed pretty small. Yeah, but uh, they were they were ready to rock and roll. Ready to rock and roll, and they did. And so very quickly, they put on a lot of girth in the onion department. So, um, so I'm it, when I say department, you know, the the part that you're the usable part of the onion. Um, what's interesting is and I probably talked about this on an earlier podcast because I was so frustrated with myself, is these onions even had a little bit of a setback. I had I put them in where I'd already sown some uh, black oat seeds, and it didn't seem to be germinating. I thought, ah, big deal. Well, the rains came, the black oats grew, and I ended up having to painstakingly pull up black oats from around these little onions whose growth had been somewhat retarded. And they look for all the world like black oats. Yeah, they, well, a little bit. It was it was hard to do. But once they got going, even with that rocky start that they had, they've done great. So I'm real pleased with these. Um, I They're just Vidalia onions that I bought, like I said, at Farmer's Feed. They're good. And uh, so we've been using them. And those have to, those are actually supposed to cure for a while, too. But we cheated and ate a couple of them on hamburgers the other night who, that um, are, from, in my case, veggie burgers that um, were... Not all that cured, and they still tasted wonderful. Yeah, they taste so, great. Um, well, and tell then, us about those Egyptian walking well, onions. Well, what I've learned about those, and I think we've talked about this already, on it, but but they are technically onions, is that they are go- they're not ready to harvest yet because they have these little, you know, bulb-like things on the end of them that just will literally fall over as if they're walking and uh, be rooted in the ground. And so that's why they're considered perennials because they you don't have to buy a whole new plant to do it but of course at the point at which you take one of those out of the ground yes it's it's not there that's why i'm leaving them out there so that they can um the little bulb yeah, as long as they'll attach. keep growing we'll let them mm-hmm. continue to set mm-hmm. new roots right and then what you i'll do is go in what i plan to do is go in and harvest the older plant use that onion um or use the stalks the stalks are a lot like scallions and um, and then, you know, just continue to the cycle. But those and the perennial leeks will probably have their own beds that get dedicated to them so I can continue to. Um, um, and the leeks are also multiplying, and those need to be just separated out and replanted around. Yes, and, and this is one of those do as we say, not as we do. It was not anyone's intention that we end up this way, but we now have our perennial leeks and perennial onions in basically our front and center bed. Um, By all rights, perennials like that ought to be way back in your garden where you don't have to deal with them all the time. And you ought to have things that that you need to fuss over more right up front. That's Um, true, but they are pretty. They are pretty. And if I have to look at something out my bedroom window, that's something I don't mind seeing. And they're probably growing more of the year than most anything else we're growing. Yeah, yeah, they look good. So anyway, we're thrilled with uh, our onions and garlic so far. We'll probably have some more reports later as uh, harvesting continues. But uh, thank you for joining us today to hear all about this. And we'll catch up with you next week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. 
You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.